This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, Brady PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes, where we share stories and memories about the music that has shaped our lives. Hey y'all, Stephanie Pena here. Hey guys, it's Stephanie Myers. It's holiday time. Insane. It is holiday time, and I'm so glad we're doing this bonus episode for mm-hmm. you, the Talk Tuners. Have a little holiday goodness for you. Happy holidays to you all. So we have this special holiday episode for you today. And then first, just wanted to do our usual opener, music-related chit-chat. As talk tuners know, we often talk about historic music venues. And I wanted to let folks know, I recently went to the Viper Room out here in L.A. to see Joyous Wolf and Moon City Masters play. Fantastic bands. Such good live bands. They were both so great. Just had incredible showmanship. And I think folks know who have listened to this show for very long that that is my personal favorite quality in live music is just really having some showmanship. So that was such a cool thing to see. And then just as a venue, I think, as folks know, Viper Rooms on the historic Sunset Strip has a long history of hosting these big name acts and then used to be co-owned by Johnny Depp. And then sadly, I think is known for a sad, notorious reason that River Phoenix passed away there. Mm -hmm. technically on the sidewalk um, in front of the Mm -hmm. venue, but it, you know, has some sad vibes inside and just a quite a bit of history. So we do talk about venues on here a lot. Learned that it's actually being torn down early next year, which I thought was a bummer. It's being torn down for new development. Mm. And, you know, as is the case here in LA, I am hearing that it will be coming back in a different form within this new Mm. building. And then I saw that one of the managers at the Viper Room said, oh, we're excited that's coming back in this new form. Obviously, it won't be the same. But I always, you know, tell folks to go see shows at these historic venues while they're still there, right? Mm -hmm. So go see these shows while they're there. Go have a good time. I'm just going to add relatedly at the show I went to see the lead singer of the band Joyous Wolf 
Nick Reese really reminds me of a young Ozzy Osbourne, particularly. Nice. Yeah, I would say Ozzy and Black Sabbath, particularly. And so I kept saying it the whole show. And so I feel like that very conveniently leads us to segue into the exciting thing we're going to talk about today. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very cool. Um, I've never been to inside the Viper Room. I have taken pictures outside of the Viper Room, um, as I am a big fan of River Phoenix. And uh, I remember that unfortunate event. Um, I'm sure plenty of talk tuners do as well. Um, do you know if the venue is coming back um, as the Viper Room or under a different name? Yeah, to my knowledge, it will be branded as the Viper Room. It'll just be in cool. this new development. I think they said they're going to make it a little bit bigger, probably mm-hmm. a little more capacity, um, maybe mm-hmm. even some seating because it is standing room only and it, it does get mm-hmm. a little crowded and I'm a little old for that. Um, <laughs> be standing for, you know, three, four hours. Uh, so who knows? Yeah, maybe it'll end up in a different form. But yeah, it's it's always kind of sad to see these places go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But glad it's coming back. So maybe bigger and better. Who knows? I definitely have my handful of venues myself I can think about that have gone under new management or, you know, have a new name. Just, yeah. So that's awesome. You're able to go. And how cool is that to see a uh, a young Aussie of sorts in action? <laughs> Exciting. Well, let's get started with today's show, man. Let's do it. Yeah. So pivoting to the song we're here to talk about today, Talk Tuners. It's a holiday one, as you might have guessed. And as we've talked about several times on the show, I know you, Stephanie, are not too big on the holidays. Uh, You're not too big on Christmas and its ilk. Um, But we had to do a holiday episode for the Talk Tuners because we had to talk about this song, which is Ozzy Osbourne and Jessica Simpson doing Winter Wonderland because it's truly hard (laughs) to believe that it exists. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight Walking in a winter wonderland Gone away is the bluebird Here to stay is a new bird He sings a love song as we go along Walking in a winter wonderland In the middle we can build a I'm, I'm giggling. Sorry. Yes, it is very hard to uh, to believe it exists for sure. Um, yeah, talk tuners. I'm not a fan of Christmas uh, at all, minus my culture's food. Um, all about the food all the time. I do celebrate the winter solstice, but I don't celebrate the holiday. And uh, just a little personal info. It's why I got married in December. So I could actually have something to look forward to besides the winter, my favorite season. So, um, And I've never heard of this duet <laughs> Thankfully, until we until we dedicated to do research on bizarre Christmas duets and songs. So this is cool. Um, I will say, though, however, Ozzy has always been a part of my Christmas um, season. Um, For those that may or may not know, Bob Rivers and Twisted Radio back in 1993 
did a rendition of Iron Man, but put a holiday twist on it. And it is I Am Santa Claus. Fantastic. I know folks know Iron Man. You know that song. It is like Black Sabbath, I, I would say, other than Sweet Leaf, one of their biggest hits. Um, and it was forever on the San Antonio uh, rock station, uh, King of the Time, 99.5 Kiss. So I, Ozzy's always been near and dear um, during this season. And I actually checked out the video for this song. It's fun to watch, y'all. So Ozzy makes an appearance. He's actually sitting in his gothic throne watching Bob Rivers and Twisted Radio sing, I am Santa Claus. And he's trying to change the station. And he can't. And at the end of the video, he shoots the TV. So there's the end of the song. It's hilarious. Hilarious. Gotta love Ozzy and his humor. So, yeah. I love it. I love it so much. And him shooting the TV, <laughs> it reminds me that uh, even doing some research for this episode, I realized, like, Ozzy does hate the season. So I guess you're in good company. So yeah. he doesn't like... <laughs> the season he's like whatever but decided anyway to go along with this wild ass song so <laughs> for sure <laughs> here we are and that's what brought us to this point yeah well i'm sure sharon had something to do with it she always does she's ozzy's manager so and at the time uh sharon osborne is uh sorry for those folks that don't know i'm talking about these people like we just know uh you know know them like they're our friends and family but uh, <laughs> i feel like they are um sharon osborne is uh is ozzy's manager and i'm saying she probably has something to do with it because at the time um the osborne's had the reality show on MTV, the Osbournes, and we're talking about back in 2002 is when that kicked off. My most favorite reality TV show till this day. I do not like reality TV. I do not watch it. But I watched every fucking episode of the Osbournes because it is hilarious. And it was just nice to just get a little bit of insight into such an iconic person and iconic family. And just, you know, they're just regular ass people, which is phenomenal. And then, you know, I also think uh, because Jessica Simpson at the same time, she had a reality television show with her husband. They were newlyweds. It was called Newlyweds, um, Nick Lachey. And that kicked off in 2003. So that's my hypothesis as to why I think this collaboration came together. It, great exposure, right? Um, it was perfect opportunity for these MTV sweethearts at the time to continue to entertain and be in the limelight. Totally, totally, Stephanie. And... Uh... I just keep thinking about this particular version. It came from 2003's uh, Osborne Family Christmas Special, which sounds amazing. It had Mike Myers, Rob Zombie, Brendan Fraser, Britney Spears, and then Jessica Simpson all stopped by, like as though it was like an old school Bing Crosby Christmas special. <laughs> so that's where we got this surreal song. There's a whole Reddit thread just about this song that's just called How Did This Happen? So that <laughs> should give you some indication of the context of this song. It's a, and you know, it's a standard. It's yes. standard, right? It's been, I think folks know the song Winter Wonderland. Most people would know it. It's mm -hmm. been covered more than 200 times. So they're in really good company. It was written in 1934 by Felix Bernard and Richard Bernard Smith. Smith was reportedly inspired to write the lyrics after seeing Holmesdale's Central Park covered in snow and he wrote the lyrics while being treated for tuberculosis oh, wow. in the West Mountain Sanitarium in Scranton, Pennsylvania. 
What? So yeah, let's take a moment with that. I feel like most holiday songs do have this kind of irony and sadness to them. And I don't know. I feel like even that little story has a little, it's like, oh, it's like an ironic Christmas song. It's not like he was writing this while he was really happy. Man, dude. I mean, like, seriously, my Christmas music was like, I remember my parents had the album, the the Chipmunks, Chris, uh, the chip, Chipmunks in Christmas. So like, I, I'm glad that I did not know these facts. Um, yeah, that's, that's insane. Uh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you think about that, just be like, oh, this has been here for this long. I think Perry Como is the um, known as the most successful version. And I kept thinking, like, mm. what Perry Como think of Ozzy and Jessica's version? He was around to see this. So it is pretty funny. I'll just add here as an aside that the Eurythmics did a great version. And that one mm. is probably my personal favorite. Mm. Awesome. I had no idea they did the remake. That's cool. That is cool. It's very cool. But this particular duet, yes, between Ozzy and Jessica Simpson is pretty unhinged, I would say. I'd say it's in the best way, but I'd also say it's pretty weird. It features his <laughs> very Ozzy-style vocals, which are really reverbed out, um, pretty auto-tuned and manipulated to have this certain effect. Um, not knocking it, just saying what it is. I think Far Out Magazine had my personal favorite line about this song, and I couldn't stop laughing when I was researching and I read it. They said, after all, what is Christmas about if not a renowned rock star and mentalist dressing as a sort of metal Columbo to duet with an all-American country girl while occasionally screaming at his wife? Of course. I mean, what else would you... Yeah, hello. <laughs> yeah, right? So that sets the table for talk tuners who are going to like go listen to this song and be like, wow, what, like what the heck's going on here? So that kind of gives you some insight. And then they took the music video from the special and they ran it all over MTV just as its own music <laughs> video. And so that music video at one point involves Jessica Simpson kind of like rubbing up against this very awkward and unresponsive Ozzy. And at the time, Ozzy's 55 and Jessica's 23. Um, so it's super awkward. And then mm-hmm. in another scene, Ozzy takes the carrot out of a snowman's nose and places it as like the snowman's penis. Um, so it's like, oh, this is all very Christmassy. All right, cool. And then, uh, yeah, Sharon shows up out of nowhere, just in like a quick cut. And you're kind of like, oh, okay, that's random. And then Black Sabbath's Tony Aomi, who we've <laughs> talked about before, makes a quick cameo on the piano. And you have to be really looking for him, too. So yeah, they, I guess, uh, threw everything in in the kitchen sink in this video. And as you can imagine, it's something you got to see to believe. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, like I said, I hadn't heard about this until we decided to do um, odd Christmas duets uh, for our holiday episode. I really enjoyed the video. It was pretty funny. Um, And uh, yeah, you folks need to check it out. So I mean, you can just see... Um, you know, young Jessica Simpson, you know, she beautiful woman. And then, you know, Ozzy, Ozzy's just a little rough around the edges. So <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. But I know we have our personal memories and stories as we always do. And I think about how you, Stephanie, had attended Ozzy's music festival, Ozfest, a number of times. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love your stories related to that. I always think about uh, it's Ozzy's, you know, name, but as you pointed out, it's Sharon, who's really the architect of the music festival. 
And she really brought the festival back in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. like just the modern day music festival. And then, yeah, pinned his name on it. But I feel like sometimes the women behind the scenes don't always get credit. So good to get yeah, the credit. Absolutely. Yeah, Sharon um, Osborne is a genius. I will just say that. And as a as a young child, I always looked up to her because, I mean, you guys know, um, you've even followed us from the beginning. Uh, both Stephanie and I have both worked in the music industry in some type of capacity. Sharon Osborne at the time was kind of like my role model because I really wanted to get into some type of, you know, concert production related role. Um, so I always looked up to her. And actually, OzFest was my first big festival I've ever been to. So super excellent. Um, it was a mix of metal, new metal, rock alternative, but ma- mostly metal. And there was something for everyone, but it was it was just beautiful. Sea of folks dressed in black, because that's what we do, ready to have a good time in the pit. Um, it helped launch, expose, and support the careers for so many bands that I love and go to see play to this day. It is, my God, OzFest is damn. <laughs> so it always hit San Antonio because I have mentioned this before, but why did it always hit San Antonio? Why sometimes it skipped Dallas, Houston, never went to Austin because San Antonio is the metal capital of the world. And it's that name started in 19, the 70s. So yeah, OzFest was a big fucking deal in San Antonio. And actually it still lives on. So um, folks, I learned about this too, doing research. It's in the metaverse. What? All right, Sharon. Cool. (laughs) So she brought Ozfest to the metaverse. Um, It actually uh, was in Decentraland. Um, I know I'm not very well versed with metaverse, but um, I will have to check it out. So back in November, um, a month ago, this was, we had Ozfest 2022. So how fantastic. But let's kick it back to when it was in real life and in person. So Ozfest kicked off in 1996. But I did not attend until 1999. And the reason is, hey, I was a teenager. (laughs) All right. So, you know, I couldn't afford the ticket. And there was, I mean, I started going to shows. I was already going to shows in 96, but it was a big ticket price at that time for me to, you know, you know, um, save up. I'd have to save up like, what, 10 checks (laughs) because I was working minimum wage. So there was no way, no way, no way. But in 1999, I got my first taste of OzFest and uh, I went consecutively every year until I left for New York. So it was always in the summer. That's when it hit San Antonio. Um, So 99 through, through 2003, because I moved out to New York in 2004. And, you know, I talked about, you know, this festival launching, exposing, and supporting the careers because, man, I'm going to name off just some random acts that I saw for the first time or have never heard of at that time. I mean, this is insane, y'all. So just take a minute because I'm about to list a shit ton of bands that you're like, whoa. All right. So I saw Black Sabbath. Fuck yes, I did. Saw Black Sabbath. Saw Ozzy. There were, in 1999, Ozzy actually did his own fucking set. He did his own set and then he took a break and then came back with Black Sabbath. All right. That's fucking dope. All right. Ozzy, you're the shit. Deftones, Drain STH, Godsmack, Rob Zombie, Slayer, Slipknot, System of a Down, Booyah, Kitty, POD, Black Label Society, Disturbed, Soulfly, Pantera, Marilyn Manson, Mudvayne, Linkin Park. Linkin Park. Rest in peace, Chester. I will forever, and I have goosebumps right now, will always remember their live cover of my most favorite Nine Inch Nails song, Wish. (sighs) So 
fucking dope. I wish I had a wish. <laughs> I wish I had a, you know, we had the phones that we do now because I would have recorded that and it would have been so precious. I just, and it came out of nowhere, right? There was no set list at that time. No set list FM. I'm like, what the fuck? They're playing Nine Inch Nails. Holy shit. I mean, my, oh my God, y'all. It was insane. And even they had, you know, Stone Sour, which is Corey Taylor is the front man of Slipknot. That's his first band. They actually played. Um, so they got their exposure at OzFest. No one knew who the hell they were because Corey Taylor made a splash with Slipknot. Slipknot. So he actually, you know, was <laughs> performed twice as well. And, you know, there was also some random shit you would never think would be <laughs> part of the festival. Like Crazy Town? Crazy Town. I mean, you know, come, come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. <laughs> no. You're my butterfly. Sugar. <laughs> y'all know y'all remember that song. Random 90s bullshit. Late 90s, early 2000s. So um, you know, even, you know, talking about, you know, promoting and launching uh, bands. Well, Kelly Osbourne at the time was dating Burt McCracken, who's the lead singer of The Used. The Used is an alternative band. They actually played the main stage at OzFest. It was so random and so odd. <laughs> they were not, we were like, okay, cool. Oh it was random. It was such a good time. But, you know, to keep going on with the list for those metalheads that do, like, reminiscing with me, Meshuggah, <sighs> fucking Killswitch Engage, Unloco, Corn, Nothing Face, fucking A, man. I wish, oh my God, I cannot, my memories are insane. So just, Talking about, you know, some highlights of Black Sabbath, I mean, excuse me, of OzFest, you know, of course, Black Sabbath is one of them for sure. But I want to talk about my memory of just not having cell phones and not living in the world that we are today. And this is massive. So OzFest was always at least two stages. And where it took place in San Antonio was a very wide area, um, Ratama Park for those and Verizon. It doesn't matter. You need to know it was on a wide, wide area of land. So... I went my own way because I've always been independent. I want to watch a band. I'm going to go watch him by myself. I don't give a fuck. Nobody wants to go with me. So, <laughs> but I go with my friends and I'm like, oh, I need to see so-and-so on the second stage. And, you know, maybe they weren't, weren't down for it. So I always wore an outfit that people could notice me in. That was my thing. I was like, okay, guys, there'd be times I went where I was the only one with the pit wrist, wristband. They all wanted seats. I'm like, fuck no. I'm pit all the time at that time. Younger. That's younger, Stephanie not doing that anymore. But yeah, I remember one year I literally wore red shorts and a white tank top that would, that looked like fucking where's Waldo. Just so I remember at that particular show with my brother and some of his friends. So he can see me oh and, you know, God. be like, Hey, she's still alive because let's be real. I am, you know, I party. So I'm like, all right. So you just need to make sure I was good. And he could always find me because we weren't stuck to our cell phones back then. So <laughs> But I will also say just good memories is meeting random people. It just meeting random people who are just fans. And it's just like just talking like it, it's a different vibe. It was a completely different vibe than what it is now. And I'm not saying that it's horrible now and it was better back then. It was just a different vibe. Yeah, just and um, yeah. And I just, you know, would it was cool to see people of all ages um go and then, you know, and, and enjoy this because at this time too, when it kicked off, this was kind of when metal was kind of turning because new metal was introduced. So it wasn't the traditional sounds of like a Judas priest and a black Sabbath and a mega death, anything like that. I mean, you had the mix of rap and hip hop. I mean, y'all even Limp Bizkit played fucking Ozfest, fuck Limp Bizkit, but they played Ozfest too. 
So it was, it was just an interesting demographic. And I just, it's something that I hold near and dear to my heart. And it's just, uh, man, I can tell you when I'm doing research for this, I was so mad. I was like, why didn't I fly back into town just to go to Ozfest? Because their lineup just got better and better and better. And oh, my God. And then, you know, just talking about being the architect, you know, uh, Sharon being architect of Modern Music Festival. Well, quite honestly, Slipknot got their following because of Ozfest. I mean, granted, yes. I mean, that was a big portion of the reason they had, they played pretty much every fucking year. They went from the second stage to the main stage. And now Slipknot has their own festival called Knotfest. And that it definitely follows the pattern on a smaller scale than what Ozfest did. So it's, it's, it's great. Yo, I got goosebumps talking about this shit. So anyway, it was so good. So good. So good. But I need to stop. <laughs> so Stephanie, I know you have Aussie memories yourself. Yeah. And those are so good. And I just love how think about how, you know, the Osborne family themselves really said, Hey, we're going to support these other acts and yeah. they're following through this type of way. So really just, you know, having their hands in so many different um, parts of the music industry. So I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. When you were talking about technology, talk about the phones, talk about the change over the years. I was thinking of uh, my own little uh, change in technology when you would burn CDs back in the day. And I always think uh, like one of the first things I burned when that technology came out was like an Aussie and Black Sabbath themed CD and uh, putting together a really fun, like Aussie centric CD and listening to that mm-hmm. for many years, including on really long car trips. Uh, it was really fun. And I might still have that around somewhere. And that's like kind of a prominent, like Aussie related memory for me being like, oh yeah, it's so special to be able to like create your own, you know, CD before, you know, you just make Spotify playlists and call it a day. So I thought that was right. pretty cool. But absolutely. Um, yeah, and I also just really connect um, Ozzy with, as you spoke about the Osbournes, the show and watching really episode after episode when that came out, just so funny and such a little insight into their lives and thought it was hilarious. And I also really enjoy the show Ozzy and Jack's World Detour, and that's fairly recent. And that's kind of where his son Jack drags Ozzy around the world. And much <laughs> yes. like, yeah, you know, just drags him around. And much like in the Osbournes, Ozzy doesn't really seem to know what's going on for most of the course of that show. Um, but I feel like that's why we love him. You know, it's just kind of, he's not really sure what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta love it. I enjoy that show too. And it's interesting how, you know, just the family dynamic and how all of them have grown to be their own person. They don't live in their father's shadow. So, which is great, which is absolutely great. Um, you know, they're, they're still in the news. Um, you know, Sharon obviously has been on a number of talk shows. Um, she makes her splash and Ozzy is still recording to this day. He had, a, he had a new album out in 2022. So yeah, I don't know about any touring, but, uh, as you know, you know, he's, he's, he's older now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's still making music. Yeah. I think part of the reason, like him getting a little bit older, getting to another phase of life, I feel like that's part of the reason why he recently announced he's leaving California to go become a resident of the UK again, which came as a surprise to a lot of people. But I think he had just said, yeah, I'm ready for a change after many, many years over here. So that was kind of some Aussie news I didn't expect. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of awesome, man. Um, You go back to your roots, you know? Um, Oh, that's great. And then other Osborne related news, 
Kelly Osborne, um, you know, definitely she has gone through uh, in the public eye, has gone through quite the metamorphosis, a uh, beautiful woman. She's expecting a baby boy. And guess what? It's with Sid Wilson, who is a member of Slipknot. So I'm pretty sure they met sometime during Ozfest. <laughs> oh, that's funny, right? It all comes back around. Oh, that's funny. Yep. Wow. That's the family. That's the family. Comes back together. I well, know. It's good stuff. It really is. This has been a really fun episode. I'm really glad we got to delve into the weirdness of this in so many different ways. Talk tuners, we're glad you came out for this little special episode saying hey for the holidays. We want to thank you, as always, for connecting with us on social. You can find us at Stephanie's Talk Tunes on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and just Stephanie's Talk over on Twitter. You can go to stephaniestalktunes.com. To listen to all episodes and find some merch and as always we're a proud member of the pantheon network yeah absolutely thank you so much y'all for sticking with us throughout the year 2022 we will be returning in two weeks back to our usual schedule on january 4th happy holidays we mean all of them all of them under the sun merry christmas happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa and of course Happy New Year. Thanks, Talk Tuners. It's been great. We'll see you in 2023. This is Stephanie Pena. I'm out. Thank you for all the support, Talk Tuners, this year. We will see you in two weeks, January 4th. Take care. Bye-bye. to achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.